One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Bijou Podcasts. You're listening to episode 99 of the Stacey June Show. Woohoo! Today is an interview episode, and I have the founder of Seekers and Healers website, my good friend Nat Ma. Hi friends. Ooh, I like a 99. It's just something special leading into the 100th episode. I hope you're well. Hi, I'm Stacey. If you haven't listened to me before, you might be hearing me through another podcast, another guest, or maybe it's Nat that's brought you here. Uh, I am a broadcaster. I am a writer, or soon to be author, um, and one of, one of the country's OG podcasters. I've been doing this for a long time and, um, and soon to be a mama as well. So I'm winding down this podcast before I I get into my nesting phase and it's bizarre. I've podcast for the last eight years, yeah, regularly, you know, probably at least weekly as a minimum, but mostly much, much more uh, for the last almost decade. So it is a very bizarre thing for me to start to wind down and and talk about me saying goodbye. I will be back at some point, um, but I really am not looking to have all the answers when it comes to that and this new phase of my life. Um, so it is very weird. I know lots of chicks, if you're listening and you are going into motherhood for the first time and like me have never really not worked. Um, it is a exciting part of your life, but it's also a very outer space part. I actually put this video up on Instagram, uh, where I learned the term matrescence, which is essentially going from maiden to mother, a very much, it's very similar to, um, a, like an adolescence, uh, transformation except there is a very big transformation that happens when we go from woman to mother. And I'd never heard that that term before. It explains so much of how I feel at the moment where I feel like if you've seen that Matt Damon movie where he needs to go out of space in order to get back to the spaceship, just like flying out there in the solar system on his own and hoping that they'll catch him. That's what it kind of feels like at the moment doing. I'm not quite the woman that I was and I'm not yet the woman that I'm about to be. So it is a very bizarre place as well as your winding down work and lots of other things that, um, you know, that might be very important to you. For me, I do such incredible, creative, you know, soul-nourishing work. So it is, um, it's all-encompassing, but it's, it's, it's always been such a giving thing as much as I've given it. So um, there's a new part and a new pulling for me to be somewhere else, and that is very, very exciting. But it is still new and raw and special and nerve-wracking and all those kinds of things. Um, but yeah, that's just a little bit about me. If you haven't heard um, the show before, welcome. I have uh, 12 months of wonderful episodes speaking to people that essentially like to activate and teach and share tools for us to go deeper within and harness our inner spark. Uh, I have done radio and broadcasting for a very long time and this year was really about me opening up a part of my life, my spiritual life 
that I had kept very private for a long time. I've started coaching. I've started doing online workshops. I do my first speaking engagement in a couple of weeks in Sydney. It's the Finding Your Intuition workshop, which I'll put the the link in show notes if you're in Sydney. And then after my bub arrives, I'll be heading to Melbourne to do that in May uh, 2020. So if you're interested, make sure you sign up to the mail list, stacyjune.com. And if you are in Sydney and available and interested on December 8th. I would love to see you. It's going to be super intimate. Uh, We're going to harness ways for us to access our inner gut, our inner friend, our intuition quicker, faster, sharper, louder, and and really start to understand the difference between our thoughts and what is that sense, that intuition sense that essentially really is the compass to how we we should live our lives. And often they, they both get very confusing and can be very overwhelming to try and figure out which voice to listen to and I hope you will walk away from this workshop knowing exactly what voice you should be listening to and how to access that in a real clear concise powerful way moving into 2020. So I'd love to see you there. Um, Now my guest today is Nat Ma. He is a friend of mine who I met on one of the many uh, adventures of self-discovery and deep diving um, that I have had in my life. I met him in, of course, India. The first time I had ever been to India, I was at a yoga camp uh, studying Ashtanga, uh, which is uh, essentially the original um, yoga poses. Uh, it is, you know, there's lots of different variations of yoga, particularly in the Western world. And Ashtanga is essentially that real traditional sense of where it comes from. It's very repeated poses. It's um, it's a really it's a really kind of structural base, but it's also very meditative in its repetition, and it's it's just a I, I always found it. Uh, something that I wanted to learn because I like to know the foundations and I like to know the root of things. And so we both did a mini course of finding out where that came from. We learned about the poses. We practiced for hours and hours every day. And we created this real beautiful childlike friendship of two people that were in the midst of exploring themselves, but in a very raw, vulnerable, childlike state. There was a real exploration, a real vulnerability that we both had when we met and um, and we really connected on that. So Nat and I have stayed in contact. He is now um, doing all kinds of amazing things. He's travelled the world uh, to study essentially himself and so many different modalities and came up with a website called Seekers and Healers, essentially speaking and interviewing people that are seekers like myself and then healers, people that he has felt like he that classify as, as healers in the world and that are looking to heal people, help people and improve consciousness. Uh, seekers and Healers is evolving into a more kind of video documentary space and he really wants it to be known as the stories to guide people home, which I think is so, so beautiful. He has this incredible story about being a complete um, insane overachiever that just did incredibly well um, in his corporate and professional life. He lived in Sydney, lived all around the world doing all kinds of digital digital work and and got to the absolute peak of his career and and felt very very unhappy and then it cracked open this this incredible life-changing experience and 
and and I guess awakening for him. So I'll let him tell you a bit more about that. If you are interested in checking out the site, I feature on it. So I'll put the web the link to the um, the interview that we do because he mentions it a few times in the podcast uh, in the show notes. You can head to seekersandhealers.com. I've also got the link to his cryer meditation explanation and how he has definitely resonated with this particular meditation style and now teaches it. You can learn from him online, which is incredible. So I'll put all of that uh, that or those information. I'll put all of that information in show notes as well. Um, he says that cryo meditation has healed his anxi- anxiety, transformed his life, and one of the biggest purposes he has is to teach as many people as he can. So doing online meditation courses or classes is so powerful because you can be doing them anywhere um, from any place. Like it's it's such a great great offering because I think sometimes we have so much resistance with doing this stuff and it's there for you to do it from your bedroom, to do it from your home, to do it from anywhere in the world. So if you're interested, all the details are in show notes and I'll also put um, Nat's socials if you want to follow him and let him know that you enjoyed this chat. But Nat is a very special soul. I, I have not met anyone like him. He is so vulnerable, so inquisitive, so curious, yet there's this there's this innocent wisdom in him. I used to say all the time that I would meet people and they that we all have really thick books in terms of all the different lives we've had. And you're either really far into your book or really early on into your book, i.e. you've had lots of past lives or you're, you're still having a crack at the start. When I first met Nat, it was interesting because it definitely felt like he was an innocent soul, much a younger soul. And you can meet two-year-olds where they feel super old soul. But after just really listening to him over the years and seeing his transformation, I think that his his curiosity shouldn't necessarily be placed as a youth. It's His curiosity is courage. I find that the way he's curious and the way that he opens his eyes to everything and sees everything as not just a possible learning, but that there's no ego in place. Like he doesn't claim to know you know, a lot and he does know a lot, but he doesn't claim he's constantly wanting to to discover more. And and that doesn't necessarily mean it needs to be some kind of youthful approach. It actually is now I see it as so much more of a courageous approach. Enjoy this chat with Nat. Um, we're two old mates that are catching up and I'm so thrilled that this was one of the last episodes that I'll share this year. When I started this podcast, it really was about trying to get people that have helped me um, shape my life that can share stories to help you and give you tools on how you can access your inner spark, how you can be more authentic in who you are. And Nat, it's been such a big part of the journey of me getting to this place and doing this work that I'm, I'm thrilled that he is in uh, this 100 episodes of the, the, the Stacey June show in its first year. So I hope you enjoy the chat. Let me know what you think. And if you want to check out a workshop online or come to the workshop in Sydney in a few weeks, make sure you say hi. I can't wait to be doing them and checking in with all you guys. Um, so enjoy the chat. Welcome to my show, Nat. I'm really happy to be here. My Thank beautiful you. friend. I wanted to share with um, my listeners, or our listeners, 
how we met and where you were at at the point of our meeting because I think it's A, pretty special and B, also gives a a bit of context to how far you and I have come over the last few years Um, and also just gives it a bit of street cred to the fact that we've been working on ourselves (laughs) as you've got proof. It's like, no, no, we've been doing things. Yeah, we bought the T-shirt Exactly. (laughs) And came back. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, so... It was at the beginning of my, uh, let's say, quote-unquote, spiritual journey, if I can share um, how I got there. So basically, I um, I, I came from a very kind of um, uh, high-achieving uh, background, you know. I, I grew up always kind of like reaching the top of everything. Uh, by the age of 20, um, I had my own business, which I ran for three years. Do you grow um, up in sorry, Sydney? Sorry, six years. You yeah, in Sydney. Sydney. Yep. Um, it was a creative agency that I, and I, before that I was um, at age of 19, 20, I was the web manager of National Geographic Channel. And then after that, I did um, my own business. And then at the age of 26, I um, went to work as a director of one of the biggest advertising agencies in the world. And then um, that York. was in Melbourne. Oh, that was and in then Melbourne. in 30, I went into New York and I also worked at um, <clears throat> pretty high level at an advertising agency as well. And then um, I became the head of digital marketing for Burberry in New York City. Um, and that was for the whole of America is basically going to that. And no matter how much we do the work on ourselves and no matter how much we know that that sentence only has as much meaning as you want to give it, it still impresses me. There's still right. It's still something. It, the, I live in Sydney. So yeah. it's, you know, you can't shake off the world and the yeah. way the world sees things. But even if they see things that way, it still is something you should know that regardless of how f- how far you've tried to get away from that, it's still impressive. Yeah. So, I, and why I'm sharing all this is not to say, look at me, how, like, what a great achiever I am. It's to say that even though on the outside, you know, I looked so, I looked like this typical successful New York guy, you know, I had tons of money, I had the apartment, I had the great social life and status, et cetera, et cetera. Inside, I always felt really small. I felt like something was wrong with me. And I suffered from chronic anxiety for a long, long time. And basically, for about 12 years, I had been trying to figure out what the hell is going on wrong with me. You know, I would wake up not wanting to actually get out of bed, not wanting to get, go to work. And when I was at work, I would have panic attack, complete crazy panic attacks where my throat would shut down. I would not be able to talk. Um, My brain would basically shut down. I had brain fog. I couldn't concentrate. I couldn't process any thoughts. So I was um, seeing a lot of psychotherapists. I was seeing um, psychiatrists. Um, I went to neurologists. I I thought I had a brain tumor at some point. It happens. I mean, all these things, no one can figure it out. I was on a lot of medication. And then at some point I just stopped doing all that and I decided to check out this other thing called meditation. (laughs) Not medication, but meditation. (laughs) Never done any spiritual work, never did any yoga, never kind of stepped on that path ever before. Do you remember how you came across it? Like who suggested it or where you You read it? You know what? I think it's one of those things, the universe sends you a signal. It just came. I have no idea why I started thinking about it. It literally was one of these things that came to me and I thought, okay, this is what I'm going to do. So I looked up. I don't know if you actually have Yelp here, but it's basically a geolocation app. I think they've tried. So so basically, you know, it's one of these apps where you just – 
type like in something. businesses, yeah, right? Phone yeah, businesses, yeah. like Google, you know, typing yeah. in, okay, where is the closest meditation place? Like, it wasn't strategic at all. I just wanted the closest place, like finding a gym. Yelp. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and then this place. It's like Google Maps. Like, exactly, yeah. but, you know, the universe um, opened up something for me. It, it, it found this um, place where it's, it's an ashram close to me or yoga studio slash ashram where um, they, I walked in there one day, it was a Saturday, and I remember walking in, sitting down, doing the meditation practice, never done it before, and then coming out of it going, I'm home. Not as in this place is my home, but I knew this is what I needed to do. Meditation was the thing that was going to heal me, save me, or transform me, right? So I remember going to Washington Square Park for about two hours after that, just sitting going, what is this? This is amazing. I'm, I can't wait to do more. So from that point onwards, I just kept on um, meditating, but also did yoga. I got into all the different types of workshops, read all the books I can get my hands on. I, I mean, I became a spiritual so, junkie. You were quite new to yoga even when we met. Like you, yeah. d- you'd practice it. Actually, you didn't look like you were new at all, but you were saying you were new. Yeah, like I, I think by that point I had been, you know, three, four years into it. Yeah, exactly. It. So yeah. a lot of people don't classify themselves as new. Yeah. You would see, you would do a yoga class next to me and I'm like, this guy's not <laughs> new to yoga. Like, yeah. like, look at the guy behind him. He's new to yoga. <laughs> not that it's a competition or anything. <laughs> it's not, but it's also quite interesting when you are told something about someone and then you're trying to figure out what their, I guess, story about themselves are yeah. versus what maybe the reality is. It's true. Three years isn't new. We're always uh, most critical on ourselves, you know. Mm. We Mm -hmm. don't really see our true nature and people can see it more in us, but that's another conversation. Um, So basically what happened was um, from a lot of meditation and doing kind of um, the Eastern modalities and a lot of the kind of spiritual work um, when I was in New York, not only did the meditation heal the anxiety, it, it helped relieve it, but it showed me a much bigger version of myself. Mm. And at one point, this is another kind of universe sending me a signal. Literally, I, 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 I was at the gym, probably doing a bench press or something, and I got this message saying, it's time to go. Quit your job, sell everything, and go. And it was one of those things that I knew that I'm not going to question. And, of course, I've had these moments in my life. It's, let's just call it intuition, but mm. I never really understood it. But this, this, it came to me, and I knew I was going to do it. The next day, I rang my parents and said, hey, this is what I'm going to do. So I'm telling you why I rang my parents is because usually when I tell my parents something, it's official, you know. Yeah, usually okay. you, you talk to your friends first, mm-hmm. you dwell on it, you kind of research it for a while, then, you know, then you tell your parents. But I told them, I said, this is what I'm doing. And then it took me about a year, you know, just to kind of wind down everything and plan it all out. But I quit my jo- job, sold everything, um, and then I just went on about a three-year journey um, mm. traveling the world. And um, at the start, I didn't really understand why I was doing it. I just knew I had to do it. It's so powerful. Like, to to make such a jump, which people do, you hear it all the time, but it doesn't change the power of it. Like it's so incredible, the power of, but also on the flip side of that, the simplicity of how simple it can be to do it. You know, like it isn't actually that big of a deal because you have yourself, you have your health, you have those practices that make you feel good about yourself. The rest is just stuff. Yeah. Um, But it's still on the flip side of that, 
is such still such a big thing for people to do when you don't really have an idea of potentially what you're going to get out of it. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it is trusting in your own self and mm. your own intuition and just kind of taking that first step forward because if we follow our heart, um, and this is something that I've, I've learned over the last three years specifically because I dedicated myself, instead of working, I worked on myself. My work was on myself. But one of the biggest lessons I learned was how to listen to the heart and how to trust it and live from the heart, mm. you know. And what I recognized was if I actually trusted it and followed um, these kind of signals or these uh, messages that came to me, it never led me astray. In fact, it took me beyond what I thought I was ever capable of. So what usually happens is the heart will sing. It will say, do this. It will give you a message of love, right? or from the heart and then within probably a few seconds the head will come in and start telling you you can't do it this and that what what if blah 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 and then you shut it down but we get these all the time we get these messages all the time so that message at the gym that I got I knew it was just I knew I had to do it this is an interesting thing because this is what I'm currently teaching which is the, the finding your intuition and it's, it can be very simple to hear that if you are practicing things like you were. So regular meditation, yoga, by this point you said you'd been doing these practices for about three years. Yeah, three, four and years. And how often a week roughly do you think? I would meditate every day. There you go. Yeah. So those messages, you don't particularly have to go looking for them if you have committed to creating space for them is what I call. Yeah. So you create space for them and then the communication lines are almost open. As you said, your brain is still there and it's there for a very good goal. It's to protect you and to look after you and to take direction from where it needs to go. So it jumps in pretty quickly, even if you've been doing it daily for three years, but there is a beautiful space that's created to, for you to hear it. That is the key and it's a really important point to understand that that those that that voice doesn't come through without that work and mm. i think so and sometimes it does you might be lucky where you're like i just had a moment where i knew this and then it led me to more of that but i do think it's important to also acknowledge the work you had put into yourself to create sure. that communication line because i think a lot of people are left listening to this show and to a lot of things at the moment where it's like i don't know how to follow that and I'm not really doing anything to create space for it and then looking for an answer. And I do believe that those things come through much clearer clearer when you're creating that space for them to, to communicate sure. to you. You know what I mean? And absolutely. And do you know what I think it is? It's not so much learning how to do it. It's actually unlearning. Yeah. Um, because I believe that when we came onto this earth, we have all this information. We have the techniques the technology within ourselves to connect to this space mm. but as we grow up we start getting told this is right this is wrong we start getting conditioned in certain ways and we start forming patterns and it creates identity it creates the ego and all these things basically start blocking mm. our true nature and all this communication with our high wisdom our true self our true nature by the way which is fearless it's expandable um, it's unconditional love and conditional joy. We yeah, have it, it feels all good. within us already. Mm. We don't have to learn it. 
we actually have to unlearn. But this is, and this to is get the interesting there. thing, and I'll put the show in the show notes. Philip Shepard speaks very highly about this. He's he's all about mindfulness of take stripping back rather yep. than adding on. But I, I do find it complex in a way to get people to get there by calling it unlearning. I do think that. And for the work that I do, I've really thought a lot about this because I am writing a book about tools to self-care. And on the flip side, I completely agree with you and understand that those tools are to kind of undo things. But the language to get people engaged sometimes needs to be an action for them to feel mm. like they're going to do it to then trick them into almost undoing it. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. Be, and I, and I'm a, a communicator, right? So I think how am I going to get you to understand 10 years of this, this learning and even me learning that I'm unlearning, you know, far down the track. Like I wasn't really aware that that was happening yeah. until five, six years into these yeah unlearning slash learnings so it's a tricky one for me in terms of the way that we not sell it because that sounds a bit yucky but the way that we do try and assist with with introducing people to this work yeah i i think we we have different ways of expressing pretty much the same things mm. you know we have the different methodology modalities and different methodologies but um, from my perspective, what I, I teach meditation, right? And I love going in there saying, Hey guys, I'm actually teaching you how to do nothing. Yeah. So in essence, it's kind which of unlearning, which I'm not actually, I don't actually say I'm going to unlearn all these conditioning, but actually when you do nothing and we have to be taught to do that, unfortunately, because yeah, see, that's we- the flip side and you have to practice being bored. Like yeah. it's all this stuff. But being okay. Well, being bored, you know, being okay. Yes. Just sitting. Yes. But as soon as we sit, the mind just goes blah, 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 you know, all these things happen and we get stuck in the world of the senses and sucked into duality and the likes and dislikes and personality and I don't, you know, all these things that happen that takes us and drag us away from who we are. So what we do is we get to a point where we sit and do nothing and we, there's a practice to get you there. And once you're there, the magic happens. Yeah. That's when we, we're talking, coming back to what we told before, the intuition the messages, the healing, the um, connecting with, to higher self, all that stuff just starts coming to you. And I guess sometimes you can get there um, unknowingly, like if you're in the shower or if you're running mm. or if you're washing the dishes because your mind is still enough, it comes, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm basically teaching a technique to, for people to get there. But back back to the actual story, um, I uh, started... Um, yeah, I got, I got the message to basically sell everything, quit my job, and then I did that. And the one of the first places I went to, well, the first place I went to, you know, I, I did a lot of different things. I went to, um, I had, you know, stayed in a monastery in Nepal, went up to Mount Everest uh, base camp, and, um, you know, I traveled through the Siberia and... Um, then after that, this is at the very, very beginning stages. I went to India, and India um, was was an interesting part for me. And it'll get to how I met you because 
before that, as I said, you know, I was just kind of being an adventurous. That's mm. what I thought. Oh, I'm going to just and be a travel guy. And taking off things yeah. to do. Because yeah, I thought when you were saying that I went to base camp, and I, which is almost like an extension of where you were at really, yeah. wasn't it? Like ticking off the things to do. Well, it's just like I'm, I'm going to have an adventure. But you I don't have start a job somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah, really yeah. – there wasn't a spiritual aspect, more so just the physical doing and enjoying. But I was – you know, tapping to spirituality for sure. You know, I was, I was like going to monasteries and things like that. But um, I got to India and <laughs> um, I first went to the Adaman Islands and just spent a little bit of time there. And then I went into Delhi. And that was really interesting because I got um, struck with Delhi Belly really hardcore. I don't know, did you get that when you were in no, India? I okay. No, I um, Most people do. But for me, it was quite spiritual. I'll tell you why. Because um, it was so intense. Like, I was literally in... I was staying at a hostel, so mm-hmm. I couldn't leave for about four days. And mm. no one would really take care of you. So I basically was just in there. Um, and it Purging was coming out your life. both, yeah, both right. ways, basically. Oh, and God. four days, I couldn't eat, couldn't do anything. And at that point, what happened, because physically I was so sick, I felt like all these barriers were just breaking down. And I felt like inside of me, the barriers were also breaking down. Like my tolerance wasn't there anymore, you know. And um, these barriers that I talk about were basically identities of myself um, that I had built to not face all these things that were I was suffering from, like things that uh, maybe happened to me in, in childhood or things that like traumatic experiences just basically things fears that were just kept coming up i i had built barriers and walls to not faces so i was putting it down Which into unconscious do. because yeah. i was so sick these things just i couldn't <laughs> cope with it it went down it was great because it was really painful it hit me so hard from all angles i realized why i was actually on this journey mm. i knew it was time for me to do the healing i needed to do in order to transform and to move into my next phase of life mm. and i also realized that i wasn't um it wasn't a coincidence that i was in india india the mother healer whatever you need she will give to you so as soon as I got better, I took myself down to Goa. And it might not be a relaxing holiday. No. Let me tell you. Definitely not. India doesn't do that to you. And I, I got I got to, uh, it was very beginning stages of this spiritual journey that I had. I, I got to India, sorry, I got to Goa and I started doing all sorts of, I mean, I became a hardcore healing junkie, mm. a, a spiritual junkie. You know, I was doing yoga t- two hours a day, meditating two hours a day kinesiology trauma release breath work um all like anything i can get my hands on i was doing a chakra yoga retreat and then i ended up going to a ashtanga um, place and that's where i met you Mm -hmm. um because i wanted to learn ashtanga yoga as well and uh that was that was a beautiful beautiful meeting for sure Mm -hmm. i i'm trying to think where we met we actually we're having dinner, I think. Probably, and I, just, yeah, I heard an Aussie voice. Pa- yeah. But it was a, like a... <laughs> and it's Aussie, mine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, like sometimes when I hear Aussie voices when I'm traveling, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm yeah, going to try exit. and distance yeah, myself. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but I don't know, something... I felt a warm connection with you. Like a drawing. Was, yeah. There was something there for sure. Yeah. Do you remember at the moment? 
I remember I remember having a well, – there was three of us, I think. So it went up another Aussie girl joined us when we were talking. We were talking with a group of people, yeah. I think. And then she joined almost like in the background a bit because she was one of the teacher training students, yeah. whereas we were both there um, on our own kind of agenda. Um, and I remember totally being uh, very connected with you very quickly. You had very good eye contact and also at that point it wasn't like I was looking for something familiar and I don't think of you as a feeling of familiarity because you were Australian but sometimes it is nice to have a beginning point of conversation if you haven't met someone yeah. before you know and it was it's such a great place when you do those things because everybody's from all different countries and you know all different walks of life and so you've got such a color but there is also something very easy and almost relaxing about being able to say oh so where do you live in sydney and what do you yes. do you know and it's just what school did you go to? yeah all that crap <laughs> blah, blah, blah. um yeah. but i don't think we went into too much of that to be honest no, i think I it was just a, a just a buffer of I think you said you grew up in Sydney. I said I lived there and then that was about it, you know. But at the same time, um, there was a vulnerability to you and I think a student in you that I definitely connected with. I don't know if you remember that, but I felt like we were both not two little kids but almost like this kind of innocent energy of going, we're here, we don't necessarily know what to expect here, we're in the middle of some stuff and that's it. You know, yeah. it was very raw. We were both in quite raw places. Completely. That's a really good way to explain it. I think it's it's more like this idea of chaos and it being an energy and not knowing. It's like the feminine energy, just creation and anything can happen. It's the flow. But you really have no direction. You're like, anything can happen. I don't even know where I'm going to go next. You probably didn't even know either, but we were just there. And just trying to figure stuff out. Mm. We, I had so much stuff. I was deep in the beginning stages of healing. Mm. And I, w- I was having all sorts of practices that I need to do. Like, in fact, I had probably like six hours of practices that I needed to do each day. I was deep into it. But I remember the, there was the key moment where I felt connected with you. And I think that was the start of it. Because the, the chatting was just like a dinner, like, yeah. hi, introduction, how's it going? But I remember coming into yoga class in the morning and you were next to me. And then at the end, we I think I was um, doing a tripod headstand and we're talking about headstands. And then I was like, I, I think I just got to a point where I can do the tripod headstand. And then right. we were talking about that. And that was the first moment I, I remember connecting with you. I don't know, like that's just a physical thing. But yeah, I don't but know. it was about it was about the headstand. Or we was it were about talking something about else? it. Then you you started. I think you were talking to me about oh yeah, the tripod headstand's the, uh, an easier way to do it than the the, the to get into way. it right. You no, know, yeah, it's just yeah, a very yeah. ra- it doesn't matter what the conversation yeah, was really. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I yeah. I remember feeling that connection, and then from that point onwards, we were like kind of inseparable little we just, friends we just kept on hanging out and doing things it and was chatting, like going yeah things, right? it was like i remember like when yeah. you so then we would say okay which class are we gonna do next day yeah. uh what are we gonna do and i would remember because i didn't have an alarm clock and, and gave my phone to you remember yeah. i said i don't want to have my phone can you take yeah. my phone and so you took my phone and then i was like oh no i don't know how i'm gonna get up and you're like i'll come wake you up every day yeah. so we were like little two little kids that were next door neighbors that would play all summer at the end of school holidays or something it was so innocent so lovely and it was so um it was I think also a really nice comforting at a level that we both needed we didn't need to be this like inseparable kind of 
I don't know, we were, but then it was also this, there was space. Like we both had very um, kind of clear journeys that we were working on, but there was this almost co-pilot, you know, going through their own thing at the time. And so we could, you know, bounce off each other with where we were each individually at too. It was very, it wasn't a long, long time, but it was a very kind of memorable, special time of my life. Yeah, that's funny because it would have been, what, a week Max, mm, right? Maybe a bit more, yeah. Was it more? Yeah, I, I a little remember, bit. But it felt like a long time. I feel like I've known you for a long time. Yeah. Even back then, Yeah, we we just got straight into it. Yeah. And what I actually found on my travels were I would really deeply connect with, you know, like 18-year-old all the way to 70-year-old. Yeah. Like the age thing or, so or how cool. long you've actually known them doesn't really matter mm. when you can connect on this higher level, not mm. the physical, like Mm-mm. what school did you go to, what's your ethnicity, what what... Uh, a country that you grew up in all that stuff right it, mm. it, it just melts away you just start going deep into I think the journey and itself. I think it's a lovely way to look at relationships day to day as well of when you're open and unattached you really can have this ability to receive exactly what you need at that time because that's the other thing is that we both were very much um, a comfort to each other and, and like I said it, everything just clicked and so, so it wasn't necessarily that there was ever a time where I'm like oh I'm going to go for dinner you're not coming everything was just all kind of just worked so when you trust that you get provided with those things and and then we we kept back to kind of this normal life and we're like well I've been friends with her for 10 years why won't she write back to the mm. and there's all these attachments to different relationships and friendships when actually a lot of the time if we let go of those timelines and expectations will be provided with the people we need day to day. You know, I've had to find that because I've been not anywhere near as um, transient around the world as you, but I've certainly been very transient with my work around the country and haven't really been – I've been in Sydney now for almost five years and that's the longest I've been anywhere for probably most of my adult life. Um, And so just meeting friends and and having to say hello and seeing that they come into my life for a reason – and then saying goodbye to them to let them go for a reason is something that I don't know if it's just chicks as well because we're taught that we should all have these girlfriends, um, but it's it's often hard to say goodbye and have that ebb and flow of people and there's just something so magical about travel giving you the ability to do that because you are so open to those relationships yeah. and it's it's something I, I definitely bring back into my day-to-day life but I it is harder to do because not everybody else is also thinking like that right yeah I think people and I've had experience because you know I lived in New York and I I grew up in Sydney and whenever I go back to these places after being on this journey and and living in this kind of more flow and open way I feel people have their own constructs and Mm. their own routines and uh and and it's hard you know once you're kind of out of it it's it's hard to kind of come back into it unless you wanted to also have a family or mm. have the house or do the sunday thing or whatever it is um there's there's a limited there's there's a framework that you kind of have to yeah, fit into yeah regardless know? if you try and go against it or not yeah yeah or not against it but just out, you know yeah. not out. you try and do your thing and then have them in your life while they do their thing it doesn't always Flow and let's and, just say. and I think people um, have the they they really governed by time you know and I think when you're 
outside of that, that kind of space-time continuum, let's call it, when you're actually living in the flow, when you're actually out in, it's way easier to do when you're traveling and actually doing these spiritual journeys. Yeah, so because it's kind of like what you mean is really just matter. for anyone, yeah, and anyone laying at home, out of the nine to, nine to five kind of grind, you know, you eat yeah. dinner at this time, you go to work at this time, you go, you know, that is what you mean. Rather than going, okay, I'm hungry now or um, I, today I just want to spend six hours doing asanas or doing yoga or I want to meditate for two hours. Imagine going, I'm going to spend six hours meditating and doing Reiki on myself and then doing yoga. Like it, it would never work in the nine to five world because you're governed by time because there's um, people that you're responsible to or things that you need to do in, in that aspect where once you kind of step out of it, you you, you have the ability to basically do anything, right? Mm. And it's a really good point to bring up because when you meditate, that's what actually happens. When you can transcend this physical plane of consciousness, you break free of, you know, the, the physical aspects of matter, desire, time, space, and you're in this space where you can receive you know, all the information you need, all the healing you need, all the kind of intuition and, and all this great stuff. And it's not to say, I'll oh, just stay in there for the rest of your life. You you get it. And then you have that freedom. You have the new knowledge. Um, you have more information of who you are. And then you bring back that into the physical world. Which and gives then, you confidence to go forth. Maybe the nine to five is for you and you yeah. get that from your meditation. Mostly it wouldn't be, but it, it, it could be for some people. But that's the interesting part is that then you go off and figure out how to kind of then navigate through your life day to day, but you're doing it much more honestly. And therefore that is why you feel better. Also, let's, let's say honestly and also with uh, more guidance and direction and kind of you have a GPS system mm. right? rather than going That's blindly, not your head. you know, or because this is what I'm meant to do. No, I know this is what I, I'm supposed to do so that I'm going to do it rather than you thinking um, I, I, I have to do this because of X, Y, and Z, but mm -hmm. not really knowing why. You mm. know? Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, at the end of the day, you know, we talk about these journeys we go on and all these people you, you hear around this journey, what they're trying to do is kind of go home, um, figure out their own GPS system, you know, go into themselves to understand what is it that I'm actually put on to earth to do? Um, how do I actually want to live the rest of my life from, from here onwards, you know? Am I happy right now? Um, do I have things that are getting me stuck to to live my full potential? And I think when you do these um, journeys and and have all these like spiritual work, and you don't actually have to go and you know for three year trip, no. you can do it by going to meditation class, reading a great book, listening to a great podcast such mm -hmm. as yours. You get the inspiration of oh, meditating is a great thing because you can do it anywhere, anytime. But once you have more of that information, you can come back into whatever world you want to live in mm. and actually live with more purpose, meaning, wisdom, intuition, direction, following and listening to the heart, having, you know, coming back to the beginning of the conversation, how do you listen to the heart and not the head? And doing all these things will get you there, you know. Mm. And just to add one more thing. The, the, not saying like, let's not think, let's not be strategic and plan. The mind is a beautiful, beautiful thing, um, but only when it's in service of the heart. It's so nice to hear you say that because when we were together, that was a real, it's a struggle, you know, yeah. when you're going through a process early on where you're trying to navigate 
a lot of shit and a lot of trauma and a lot of stuff that hasn't been addressed. Your mind can do pretty full-on stuff and you don't always get to see it in such a beautiful, positive light. So just as a sidebar, it's just really nice to sit across mm. from you and hear you speak about your mind like that. And you know what? It's speaking... Th- you know, I might have already been talking about that stuff before, but it's not from experience, you know. It's easy. Like, I, I mean, you can read any kind of self-help book and it'll say something like that, but you have to experience it. Yeah. You you don't know until you actually experience it. So now everything for me is is mastering my own energy and mastering and, and trying to do the best I can to hear what my heart is saying, you know, without the mind getting involved and then once I know what it is and I have the guidance from the heart and the direction, I'll bring the mind in to activate it, to manifest it, to create it, to strategize mm. all the things, you know. Mm-mm. It's important. Mm-mm. You have to have both, you know. Yeah, Marrying it just the needs the together. direction, the right direction. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So let's talk about the website and mm. and how that came about and and I suppose whereabouts you were you know I, it's really interesting I think for people to start to hear your story and you've you quit your job you went on this big self discovery journey and then where do you get to a point where you're like okay I feel a calling to do seekers and healers yeah okay so um, before we talk about what Seekers and Healers is, um, I'm going to just, I, I guess it's a continuation of what happened after India, what, how I got to building this um, platform. So um, I would say my um, journey was in three phases, right? So in the three years, there was a, when I first started going on it, what I call is the seeker's journey. Mm -hmm. So I was looking outwards. I had to do healing, you know. I need to, quote-unquote, fix myself. You know, there was so much going on, I couldn't see anything of myself. So all I did was basically look on the outside to get guides and teachers and retreats, whatever it is to to heal me. And after a while, and a lot of it actually happened in India, um, I I remember being in a Vipassana in India, and which is a 10-day meditation, silent meditation retreat. You don't talk. Um, of yeah. course. Um, I got this message loud and clear. Again, the message came, right? This is another one. It said, your purpose in life is to heal the world through transforming people. And I didn't really understand what that meant, really. It sounds I mean, so big I mean, I mean, too, it, doesn't it? it? Yeah, it, it's easy to understand, but how do, what does it mean for me? You know, every, yeah. so many people do this already. So I kind of left it, you know, 
back in the day, the old me would have been like, all right, I have my life purpose. Quick, let's get out a project plan. Let's strategize. Let's How do you do heal a the world? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do a timeline. Okay, line. so step one to heal the world through transformation. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> let's do a strategy plan. And yeah, put a timeline. How, how much is it going to cost? What's my ROI on it? You know? <laughs> um, but no, like I, the new me really understood that I needed to just continue my journey and, mm. and things will come. So why I'm telling you this, because that was the kind of um, transition phase to the second phase or transition point to the second phase of my journey. So when you start seeking so much, the healing starts to come. And when the healing comes, you it's like you're lifting the clouds, the veil off, off your eyes, right? And, and the light just comes in, the light, like serious light just comes into you. And you can see, not only see things around you clearly, more clearly, but you see yourself, your own light, much mm-hmm. more clearly. Mm-hmm. So I, I really started to understand, you know, even this message that came to me or this inspiration that came to me um, was part of, I got it because um, I started lifting all these tra- like things that were getting me stuck you know the healing started mm. breaking it down you so went I within to find it yeah I, I was able to see myself when you're stuck with like anxiety and stress and depression all this stuff you're not going to be able to see who mm. you are you know you're not going to know what your life purpose is but um it, it came to me loud and clear so I then went into the second phase what I call the experience of phase right so I went for, on a seeker's journey into an experience of journey so what that meant was I wasn't looking outside so much anymore. Really, I was just staying present. I was just experiencing life as it is. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to seek. I didn't need to search. Everything was good. And I was still in the midst of this kind of adventure around the world. So I was just doing all sorts of things, you know. And um, as I was kind of just being present and experiencing life as it was and just enjoying and loving, the inspiration started coming. Um, I started getting ideas of how do I heal the world and transform through transforming people. And I remember meeting tons of people around me, um, as you do, um, one of them is you, and listening to their stories. And their stories were incredible, you know, mm. where they came from, the, the journey that they were on, why they were doing it, what they were trying to heal themselves from. And then where they are now, you know, some of them are still at beginning stages and other people have created amazing um, businesses, organizations, or or just giving back to the world in certain ways. And I remember thinking, you know what, I would love to tell these stories to the world because the thing that um, kind of ignited that was I had so many people come to me, and I'm sure with you too, saying, wow, this is amazing what you're doing. I love it. I, mm. I, it's so inspirational and I wish I can do it as well. And I say to them, yeah, you can totally do it. And they always say, no, I can't. No, I can't. And I say, why not? Because of family and career and work and money and blah, blah, blah. It's too hippie. It's too woo. It's not my thing. It's Exactly. Yeah. What, what are people going to think of mm. me, you know? But they deep inside, the heart is going, you, you, something is not right in mm. your life. And that's why you want to do something to yeah. really break free. And if you're an avid listener to this show and you're still thinking you're not, you don't have an inner hippie, then there's, <laughs> you need to check yourself, girlfriend. <laughs> so um, I wanted to tell these stories because every excuse or every kind of reason someone had came up with, 
I've had so many other people that have actually gone through it and done it. So I wanted to use these stories to inspire other people to go on their own paths, you know, mm-hmm. if they want to do it. And this is my way of achieving my goal, right, of um, raising global consciousness by, by helping people to take that first step. And then the other side of it was um, I also wanted to educate people on all the things that were available to them mm-hmm. if they wanted to heal themselves, um, to re- release any stuckness, um, and to find who they are. So I also decided to interview, um, tell the stories of what I called healers but it's Mm -hmm. very broad Mm -hmm. it's not just a hands-on healer it could be like a Mm -hmm. meditation teacher it could Mm -hmm. be an organization could be a book even a podcast whatever Mm -hmm. it is even you that's Mm -hmm. you know someone who's helping someone to either um release whatever's getting them stuck or and or to find who they are Mm -hmm. right so I, I've, I started interviewing and telling stories of these guys and then I decided to create a platform called Secrets and Healers in order to distribute this content out. And this is the third phase, the last phase, um, which I'm in now. Let's not call it last phase, but <laughs> I... So in the experience, I started, you know, being present. I got the information and the inspiration. Again, this is from not planning. It's information that came to me because mm-hmm. I wasn't strategically mm-hmm. trying to search for it. Came to me and then I um, started, I'm, I'm now in this, what I call the creator or manifesto phase mm-hmm. where I'm taking all this information that I have and the inspiration and I'm putting it back into the world. I, I, I've, I've done enough healing. I'm still working on a lot of stuff, but enough for me to understand what I want to do, what, do I, what can I, um, who I am, and what can I put back into the world. So now I'm creating, I've got this platform called Seekers and Healers, and where I'm taking it, um, it's gone through about, it's about a year old, um, but I'm doing it very, very slowly because I also want to live at the same time and there's many different things I'm exploring. But I'm kind of taking it to um, the, I'm, I'm going to focus on films, uh, like mini documentaries. So imagine, do you know Chef's Table? Mm-hmm. So imagine doing Chef's Table but for healers. I'm going to focus more on the education of all the different healing modalities. My husband edits his show and he's just probably lost his mind because really? we love we love it. We're, we're just yeah. content junkies and yeah. we love beautifully shot stuff. And that if you you probably have seen Chess Table. If you're not, you can watch it on Netflix. And there's storytelling, but it is also beautiful art. The way that they shoot, the way that they... Um, they edit uh, the obviously the equipment and things they use to be able to tell these particular chef stories is exquisite. It's very very beautifully done. So the 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 key thing about why I said chef's table is chef's table. Yes, it's about food and the restaurant of these. Um, chefs that they they've created but actually at the end of the day it's about the chef itself it's the story of the chef so this is really important of what seekers and healers is it's not saying oh here are the all the vipassana meditation teachers in the world and here's a directory of them and this is what happens when you go into these meditation Mm -hmm. experience and these are all the steps right Mm -hmm. and this is what you get out of it no it's actually about the Vipassana teacher. I'm just saying Vipassana meditation as an example could be anything, Mm -hmm. right? Telling the story of the person and how they got there in the first place because what I've noticed and insight that I got was doing all this uh, kind of interviewing and and experience experience with all these um, seekers and, and the healers was that 
the healers themselves have also come from being a seeker. Mm. They've had some sort of traumatic thing that ha- they've had to work through, and the modality that actually healed them, they've learned it, and now they're teaching and giving it back. So that yeah. story itself is the most interesting part. And then obviously in telling that story, you learn about what Vipassana is. So that's I'm basically inspiring and educating on these um paths of transformation and educating on what's available out there through entertainment and through storytelling power of storytelling to do it before we get to the other part of i guess your next step with the website i want to go back on to when you were a seeker before yeah. we we kind of wrap up what you're going to be doing moving forward and ask you i suppose what the three top i guess self-care principles that you learnt by living the life you were as that seeker? Yeah. Um, the biggest thing for me, and actually I've seen, because I've, I've worked with thousands of people who are also seekers, and the most top, number one top is surrendering. And I think <laughs> you know about this one too, Stacey, because your story, you talked about this. It's actually um, being okay with what is and connecting to the divine flow of the universe right and once you release and surrender and not force things even though you're you feel like you need and expect something life becomes so much easier and so much more graceful and much more will come to you, 100%. Would you agree? When It makes that- emotional thinking about it and, and even how you say, because you bring, such, you bring such wisdom and knowledge and there's such an energy when you say, I've spoken to hundreds of seekers because you have. And so as soon as you said that and you say, and then what, when you said surrendering, my eyes just watered up because I was like, fuck yes, I, 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 I just get it. But this is where the interesting conversation goes, well, the conversation goes back to that beginning one that we had where it was like, it was the first time I realized this contradiction between teaching myself to surrender and then what the meaning of surrendering was and how much of a head fuck that was, but how much of a life-changing lesson it was. And exactly as you say, not just life-changing lesson, but a an unleashing of what is, which became pretty much an invitation for me to be anxiety-free. Yeah. And, you know, if you're a person that's lived with anxiety for a long time, you don't think you're ever going to get an invitation that's it's not simple, but it is simple on on the flip side. So it's there's this beautiful light and shade to everything, and surrendering is is so complex, but then it's so simple, and it's so easy but so hard, and it's so big but yet so small. There's just this this power in in it that I it took me at least a year to really be able to get my head around practicing it. And receiving from the practice and then also the power and how, how, how powerful it could continue to be if I continued to commit to it. We are, we've been conditioned, um, I don't know, like for me, I'm, I'm 40 now, 41. And so most, for most of the majority of my life, I've been conditioned to uh, not surrender 
to always plan and do and expect and achieve and be goal orientated, etc. So it takes a while to actually decondition yourself in order to learn this new way. Um, and, and Not to mention, if you had things happen to you when you were little and you were taught that the way to survive was to control, yeah. oh, that's, it's hard. Yeah. The way that I also like to see it is, uh, this might be a little bit esoteric, but Big Bang happened, you know, and when Big Bang happened, that it basically created everything. It created all the elements that created all the planets that created us. So we're part of this um, this evolution, right? This Big Bang happened at 13.8 billion years ago. So you can imagine a huge torrent of energy, creative energy, evolutionary energy. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. It's huge torrent and it's still going, it's still expanding. We're here for about you know, 80, 80 years of it, 100 years. So we're part of it, right? And imagine this energy flow going one way and we're here for such a tiny, tiny part of it and we're trying to Control resist <laughs> and go, nope, I'm going to go <laughs> that the way. opposite way. <laughs> I mean, even just trying to cross, cross it, like not following it. It's very, very hard. And it's, it's also very hard. funny. How, it makes you, like, I don't want to use the word we're all dumbos, but we are also dumbos yeah. that are thinking we're so smart by trying to figure everything out yeah. and there's nothing to figure out except the fact that we need to learn how to live in flow. Yeah. Oh. yeah I mean, the thing is, it's already happening, so why don't you just go with it? And what you talked about before, like living with anxiety, I really believe that you start getting stressed and anxious when you are resisting to yeah, flow and, yeah, and what's already happening. And, um, and actually now that I'm learning that I, I can't, yes, I'm, I, I can control certain things, but where I'm supposed to go and, ha- and I, I really can't control it. I'm just going to tap into the heart and that the heart's connected directly with this universal flow right it's it's like a conduit straight into it. it's definitely not in the head but um for me to just be able to connect to it it life is way more graceful and, and easeful and things come to me so basically if the universe wants you to do something it's going to happen you can resist for sure but it, it might yeah, take yeah. you you at the end of the day you might not reach it this lifetime but next lifetime you're going to have to do it so if you just keep working with the flow, your actual destination that you need to get to will be a lot quicker. So, and all the lessons that you need to learn. Not to mention a lot more pleasant. Pleasant. You know, because yeah. I say this all the time, don't fuck with it. It will fuck with you. If you're supposed to learn whatever you're resisting to learn in this lifetime, it can come back and teach you in some really bad, hard ways. Like suffering is real, you know, hard times exist. Yeah. And disease or dis-ease is a real thing. Um, and... And yeah, so you 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 don't want to you, you don't if you're aware of this conversation, you're listening to this conversation, you're one of the lucky ones that is has had somewhere that's invited you here, or you do a lot of work, which is why you're here. Whatever it is, don't fuck with it because we are one of we're the lucky ones that have some idea that this is happening. There's so many people that have no idea. Yeah. No idea. And and if you you don't try and use the knowledge that you have by having listening to these conversations, um, 
you know, you, it's it's silly because you've you've got it. You, it's been presented to you, and you're like you're one of the lucky ones, I reckon. Yeah, and you can actually you actually have all this energy within yourself mm. as well. That takes it to another level. So a lot of the actual practice and the spiritual work we do, we're actually just learning to master our own energy, mm. trying to release, figure out where the blockages are and mm-hmm. block it, and make a good balance of the different energies within us, and then actually. Being in harmony with the flow of the energy around us, other people are also en- energy mm. centers in themselves. So, how do you master your own and then connect and be harmonious to other people and the universe's energy? See, I'm still working on that. I'm newly married, mm-hmm. so it's you know, and I'm a big feeler. I'm very conscious of my energy, my husband's energy, the house's yeah. energy, and so you kind of get into a flow with your own, and then you have to learn how to not resist someone else's because that's their right, you know, to go through the way they need to go through things. Um, And it's interesting because I bring that up because we've just built IKEA furniture and all kinds of baby things and it's it's very mundane but it's very exciting for us but it is energies at play there because you deal with things so differently and and you want someone to be that energy that you are like I you know I remember we were sitting right in this room and I said to Ben you can't you've got to just you know be more curious you can't jump straight into this and go oh, this is screwed, we're missing a piece, you know. And and I would tell him how I like to process energy and how I need to move through it. And sure, there's probably a few things that he could take as a bit of a tip to maybe be a little bit more experimental and open, but that's his journey to learn, you know. It's not my journey to pull him into my wave, no. you know, and and that is it, it's challenging. It is challenging. It's an interesting part because I think we do get very good if we start to do this work at – channeling clocking being in flow with our own and then the next step is to learn how we allow people to stay in their flow that are close to us and affect us too yeah and being harmonious is not changing someone else's flow to make it in frequency with yours Mm -hmm. it's actually learning how to balance it and adjust yours to theirs or if it's it's too much yeah then you have to walk out, yeah. you know. Yeah, Some people yeah, yeah. can't handle it. And it's not saying, oh, just get a divorce or something like that. Maybe you just need to take a break and then come yeah. back, you know. Yeah. There's so yeah. many aspects to it. Or not say anything in my case. Yeah. Just not speak. Coming back to do nothing, you know. Exactly. Before, just do nothing. It's really hard to do. Oh, if you or me, it is very hard to do. It is very hard to Okay, I want to get... Because that was so epic. Yeah, so give me two more. Okay, the other thing is um, a really useful tool and actually the main tool is being present. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like everything that I've uh, faced, um, all the suffering that I've had uh, or, or that's ever arise, whether small or big, as long as I can stay present, and there's so many tools to do that, it actually takes me away from whatever that's suffering. So I have a saying that um, we suffer when we choose to be anywhere besides right here. Mm. So why I say that is just say I'm washing the dishes. Um, No one likes washing the dishes, right? So I might start thinking, oh, this sucks, or I start thinking about, you know, what I need to do tomorrow and all this sort of stuff. But hey, you know what? If I just actually focus on washing washing the dishes, then I'm not thinking about any of that. I'm just getting it done and it's done and I move on. But it's because I'm in my head that is 
basically being slave to the mind mm. and that's where suffering comes so now everything that i'm do i'm actually one of the things that i'm working on right now i've got this saying is penetrate everything with presence it's mm. kind of aggressive it's a very masculine thing but sometimes you need it like if i'm driving if i'm talking if i'm listening how do i just go straight to the heart of it mm. and just not be dragged in the world of the senses or be distracted and just be really present mm. in everything and it makes life so much better and easier okay last one um the other thing is the concept of home uh i remember oh, i love I was you so in... much now. you just <laughs> make me feel all the feels I was in, uh, this came to me, I was, I was in the Atlas Mountains in Morocco and I, I, was, I had this mule that I was traveling with and a muleteer who spoke no English. Um, and he was a guide and then we were like walking up this mountain and we were basically going from place to place um, and living with these uh, kind of hill tri- or mountainside, like really traditional families in the mountains itself. And I remember part of that journey it just hit me this what is home because at that stage it's probably about a year a year and a half ago that i was coming back to earth you know i was mm. i've done all this spiritual work and mm. connected to myself i'm like but where is home and i always thought to myself i remember that, chatting to you on facebook about that actually yeah, yeah yeah i remember um thinking at the start of this, when I found this, oh, travel, travel is everything, and I'm going to be a nomad forever. Home is wherever I am. My backpack yeah, is, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah, this yeah. whole typical nomad thing. <laughs> and, and that was my identity. But in fact, what I realized was travel and being a nomad, just like meditation, yoga, breathwork, ayahuasca, whatever you call it, it's just a tool to help you go inside. For mm. me, my tool was getting out of the framework of mm. nine to five so then I can concentrate helps, on myself. Yeah, of course. So then I realized actually home is not where my backpack is. Um, home is not New York. Home is not uh, Australia. Home is actually inside of myself. I understood that if I can understand who I am and be solid in that, I can basically be home anywhere I go. Mm, mm, I can walk into, you know, I've, I've li- lived with like nomads in, in Gobi Desert in Mongolia or hill tribe families in uh, Myanmar and in Thailand. And, you know, they're way different to me, but I've always just felt comfortable, you know. Mm, mm, mm. And um, so now I have this, this kind of concept of what is home. And I think it's really important that it's not your car, not your house, not your location, not your job. It's basically understanding you, Mm. who you are. Mm -hmm. And that's the work. And I would argue that's the most important work you will ever do Mm. is finding your home. Mm. And, and going home, going home, basically. Because it's so true, because think about how many people don't feel, in inverted commas, at home with themselves in their home, yeah. in their Western construct of a house. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so many of you, so many people, uh, like, I feel uneasy or I feel, you know, and I, I talk about this when it comes to the difference between being alone and feeling lonely, is that you can feel incredibly lonely laying next to someone they're two very different things you know what i mean like and you can feel you know way less alone when you are by yourself because of does that make sense like that kind of comparison it's the same idea with this concept of home is that you know you could very well feel a sense of um home if you've done the work on yourself and you 
and and your destiny is to have the house by the beach or the house in the city or the apartment if you've done the work it's not necessarily saying that one's right or wrong but if you don't do that work you can have all of the building all of the mortgage all of the everything and still not feel it yeah. you know and so that's i think even how you're saying it's the concept of home but for me it's the meaning of home mm-hmm. what's the meaning of home is it a house or is it who you are yeah it definitely um for me, it's I, I never am I ever saying that having a car or trying to make as much money as you can or owning a house and living this, having a successful career is a bad thing. It's when you spend your whole life thinking that's the most important thing on in your whole life mm-hmm. and that's what you strive for. That's I, I believe that's when suffering comes. And you, you feel know. empty by it. Yeah. yeah. And I think I just mentioned that and added that because I think a lot of people that start this work or are curious about this work think you have to have one or the other. Yeah, no. And I, I do think, and especially with your experience and your story, as epic as it is, it's also one of those things that people think, oh, God, do I have to go away for four years and travel the world? And that's not what you're saying. That's not what I'm saying. But there are different ways for you to get to that place and you do need to be open to exploring what where you're taken, you know, mm-hmm. and that could be not taken by the movie, like by some – one of those we, those awful people that like take the – take the young girl and then put her out for female slavery what are they called those people that anyway <laughs> you don't know the taken movie it's the scariest oh, movie the in the world yeah i don't mean taken in that way i mean yeah. taken in a spiritual lovely yeah. sense but if, for those of you listening about. you'll be aware and he's like that guy talks like this yeah where is she gone you know what, <laughs> yeah, yeah. what's his name that i actor? was trying to think he's, i don't know what it is either full-on movie but no taken by you know your essentially your destiny or where you're supposed to go to come back to that home and then you may return so for me i went on trips and i'd come back and would go on trips and i'd come back and i'd know when it was time for me to float i know when it was time for me to get out especially out of the country i always felt like i had i i got to a point almost like i bubbled and i needed to to have a fresh kind of energy physically even when we did like his silly baby moon which wasn't silly at all actually it was the most beautiful way to reconnect before this baby comes i still needed to get off the mainland Mm. i wasn't supposed to go overseas because they say that it's dangerous blah 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 but i had i didn't care i had to i physically just had to get off the mainland and so it could look all different ways for you you know it could be a yoga class on a sunday night that you do every week like it doesn't have to be um it doesn't have to be this i don't know this cookie cutter image of a hippie that finds themselves yeah and i want to add one really important thing to what you're saying is actually you can do this every single day Mm. it's called meditation Mm -mm. literally what you're doing in in true meditation is you step out of the framework of life just for a second, you know, just to get some clarity. Just and if to, you're lucky, because some, some I mornings know, I certainly don't get there. Of course, and of course, <laughs> and that's another topic of conversation is what, how to meditate properly and, 
what you know there's no expectation but actually just even sitting and taking that step out you take a breather you come back and things become more clearer the questions that you have or the challenges you're trying to resolve all of a sudden there's an answer to it again it's Mm. tapping back Mm. into that heart space right Mm. Mm. so we can actually step off the mainland every single day Mm. and come back you know and that's why meditation is so powerful Mm. if anyone asks me what is the one thing that um, if they had to choose one thing to do, where to start or where to continue, meditation is key. And that's what your next focus is too. So people can join you for an online meditation class now, right? Yeah, so I teach a uh, meditation practice called Kriya Meditation. If anyone's ever read Yogananda's book, uh, Autobiography of Yogi, he's one of the guys that brought it over to the West, but it's been around for thousands of years. But it's a meditation practice that actually works to clear the energy blockages in our system, uh, works a lot with energy system, um, and it helps us to then be able to connect to this place of nothingness because the state of no state is the state of all states. Mm -hmm. And once we're there, you know, we've talked about it so many times, we get the magic happens, Mm -hmm. all the information you ever need to live a really graceful and easeful and meaningful and intuitive life will come to you. So basically I have uh, meditation Uh, classes to teach that right now i have online classes um twice a week but um, you can leave it in the show notes um, with with more info and uh, we'll have a link there to Mm -hmm. more info on the actual practice itself yeah which is what you've got on your website as well yeah Yeah, and your story about why it worked for you exactly yeah yeah we'll do that all right my friend i think we'll leave it there because I think we could go on for maybe four more hours. Yeah, totally. um, and I think that's enough for everyone to consume. Take a breath. <sighs> Take a little bit of Nat's energy with you because I'm certainly going to. Thank you so much for coming and chatting with me Thank on one of so. my last episodes of the year. And who knows when I'll be back doing this show. I don't know. So it's, I'm so glad that you are a part of this year's podcast journey for me yeah i'm so happy to reconnect yeah. with you truly yeah. oh i feel like you've got tears coming <laughs> um yeah. we will put all the show notes and info about nat the website the meditation that you can join in and anything else that we've discussed a few podcasts that i referenced as well i'll put them all in show notes um thanks for listening guys if you have any kind of feedback or want to get in contact with nat you'll be able to find him on socials in that place too um let him know you heard him here i'm sure um he'd love to hear from you and um Let me know what you think. Okay, bye, guys. This has been another Bijou Podcast production. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.